Welcome to Passion Life Church. Thanks for watching today. Listen, if you are watching on Facebook, like our Facebook page. And I'll tell you what, it's never been easier to invite somebody to church. Can I tell you how? Just simply hit share. You can hit share and put it on your your wall on your uh, Facebook post. And I'll tell you what, we've had people just from me sharing the service. I've had friends that have joined our church just because of the post. It's so simple. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video and share it with somebody. And uh, I believe it's really going to, to bless them. Are you glad to be in God's house today? Like four of you, are you glad to be in God's house today? We're continuing this series that we've called Built to Last, and we're focusing on just an attribute of God that um, a lot of people don't really talk about, and that is that God is a, a builder. And you know, 2 Corinthians 3, 9 tells us that we are God's building. We've been learning how that God has built us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we've been talking about how what God builds lasts. You were meant to live forever. Eternity is in your heart. And when God builds, he builds on purpose and with a purpose. You're here for a purpose. And God blesses everything that he builds with potential. The potential is inside of you. And it's exciting to see that there's so much more that God has for you. And God always builds according to a plan. He has a plan for our life. And, you know, even though it seems like we don't understand what those plans are, the good thing is God builds according to principles. How many of you know these are his principles? And sometimes if we can't see the plan right off the bat, the good thing is, is we if we'll follow his principles, we will see the plan. Can I hear a good amen today? But since our heavenly father is a builder and you are his child, we have those same attributes. We have those same characteristics to be a builder. Now, let me ask you, how many of you here today and watching online, you are a builder. Let me see your hands, right? Oftentimes what happens is people don't realize that they're building something. You're building something. You're building your health. You are building your relationships. You're building your family. Some are building businesses. Praise God, right? And here's the truth. The life you have is the life you build. The health you have is the health that you build. Come on, somebody. The relationships you have are the relationships you build. The family you have is the family that you build. The marriage that you have is the marriage that you build. And the truth is that we have to build our lives. God has given us all the ingredients, right? But here's the cool thing. Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 3.10, he says, by the grace of God, I am a master builder. Everybody say master builder. I love this because this speaks to me of the possibilities that I'm not building by myself, but God's grace is helping me build. Come on, somebody. And so with God's grace, you and I can be master builders. And that's what we're talking about. Building how God builds because those characteristics are on the inside of us and building something that will last. And so I love that Paul says that by the grace of God, I am a master builder. So watch this. By the grace of God, I can build something that I wouldn't normally be able to build without his grace. How many of you are thankful for his grace? I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, and I want to just continue talking about built to last, and I've entitled today, I am talented. I want everybody to say that with me. Say, I am, come on, if you're watching online, say, I am talented. Come on, turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you are talented. 
Come on, if you're watching online, turn to that person on the couch next to you in their jammies and say, ah, you are talented. You know, when it comes to building, every builder needs resources. Builders need an architect. They need um, tools, materials. You know, and what's funny about this whole series is that, like, I'm not really a handyman kind of guy. Like, I'm not the construction kind of guy. We have some people in the church who are building their own business. They do construction. They do floors. And, man, that's so awesome. I, I, I just really create. I wish I could do those things. I'm not much of a handyman. But then I thought, I am kind of a handyman. Because you know what? If you ask me <laughs> to hand you a wrench, I'll hand you a wrench. I'm a handyman. If you ask me to hand you a screwdriver, I can hand you a screwdriver. So I guess that does make me somewhat of a, of a handyman. But I'm, I'm not really that. That's just, I'm not bent to that. But all builders need resources. And I think as we talk about building to last, it can be kind of intimidating. It can be kind of intimidating when we talk about building your life, building relationships, and building something that lasts. Phil, you say, you know, I just don't have those resources. I just don't have those friends. No, but here, can I, can I tell you what you do have? You have the grace of God. You have the grace of God, mom, to raise that family. And you may say, hey, look, I'm a single mom. I just want to tell you there's grace and you're not building alone. Can I hear a good amen today? And there's the cool thing. You can be a master builder. That's what we're after, to be a master builder like our God, right? And so there's grace for your life to build. And so today what I want to talk about is how God has given us the giftings and the talents to build. Now, in this story, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, It's a story about Jesus talking about what the kingdom of God is like. Let's read this. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Are you guys ready to get into God's word this morning? Here we go. I'm going to read a little bit of the Bible. Again, it will be like a man. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So whose wealth was it? It was the master's wealth. It was his wealth. To one of them, he gave five bags of gold. Somebody say gold. One translation says talents, to another two bags, to another one bag, and according to his ability. Then he went on his journey, and the man who had received five bags went and, and received five bags and at once put his money to work. Everybody say, put it to work. He put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Somebody say settle accounts. Settle accounts. That's what he had to do. And it says the man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. And master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler or in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came and said, master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. One translation says, come and experience my joy. Verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. Can I ask you a question? Does the gold belong in the ground? Is that the purpose of the gold to be in the ground? 
He says, here, it was, here's what belongs to you, his master replied. Now listen to what the master says. This is a tough, this is a tough conversation. And remember, this is what the kingdom of God is like. The master says, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew where, you knew that I, I harvest where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back in interest. Now I want you to understand something here. This servant with one bag of gold is basically telling the master that he thought he was a harsh man because of everything that we just read right now. But what the master is doing, I want to point this out, is he's saying you're basically lying because if you really felt the way you felt, you would have acted differently and you would have, if you were so scared, really so scared of, of me and this reality, he says you would have actually put the money in the bank, not in the ground. And verse 28, so he took the bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who had 10 bags, right? For whosoever will be given more, for whosoever has will be given more, and then they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even when they have, will it will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, let me just tell you something here real quick about this, where it says those who, who don't have will not have. What he's saying is that those who don't manage what they have lose it. That's why they don't have. But those who God entrusts with the gold and they work it, he says, they will have more. Now, I want you to understand something about this servant that had one bag of gold. He was not a child of God. And we're going to look at this a little bit more. He did not have the character of God, of the master inside of him. And that's why Jesus says, you're going to have to go into outer darkness. And that is not going to heaven. That, and so that's important for us to understand because we're going to start to look at this in, in light of eternity. And so here's what Jesus is doing. He's talking to the group of people right? And there's tons of people there. And he's saying, I want you to know, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And the parable is really about the master. Now, who is the master? You know who the master is? Come on, Jesus, right? God is the master. So it's telling us that God is not only a builder, but he is an investor. And so watch this. I love, I just love this story because it tells us that the master gives his gold, gives his goods to the servants. Now, why is that important? Because this is surprising to them. This is surprising to them because they lived in this like class system, right? This class system where the master doesn't give his resources to the servants. No, you serve, right? But this was different. This was already like, what? What's going on? Can I just tell you, I see God's grace in this because God doesn't have to entrust anything to us. He doesn't have to have, give anything to us. He's God, right? We're not. But it's by his grace that he gives us what we don't deserve. Can I hear a good amen? And so he gives them this gold. I, I, and again, it's just to me 100% the grace of God in action. So here's number one. I want us to understand that everyone has received something to build with. Every single one of us today is talented. One translation says, not a bag of gold, but he gave them talents. And so every one of us in this room, if you're watching online, God has given and you have received something to build with. So 
how much were they given? I think this is interesting because when I used to read this story, I used to think the guy that got one talent got like one penny. You know, like he just got a penny. He's like, okay, that's, that's really not a lot. But you know, a talent back then, it weighed approximately 75 to 80 pounds of gold. Now listen to this. A single talent in Jesus' day, just one talent, was approximately 20 years of wages. One talent, 20 years of wages. Two talents, 40 years. Five talents, 100 years of wages. So this guy, the one talented servant, got a bag of gold that was worth 20 years of wages. Come on, everybody say, that's a lot. So he didn't just get a penny. He got a lot. And I want you to understand something. God always sees big in little. God always sees big in little. And my church family, I want you to understand something. God has ta- give you talent. He's given you something. And so God always deposits something in your hand that has the potential to increase your life. I'm going to say that again. God puts something in each and every one of our hands that has the potential to increase your life. Do you remember that Moses was going to go before Pharaoh and he was going to, uh, you know, ask Pharaoh to let his people go? And what did God ask Moses? God asked Moses, Mo, hey, Mo, what do you have in your hand? And Moses like, well, I got a staff. And, Mo, and God says, if you will lay that staff down, I will make it come alive. And so he puts the staff, he lays it down, and guess what happens? It turns into a snake. And here's what I'm saying to you today. Everything, every one of us have something in our hand that can increase our life. Can I hear a good amen today? I want to go deeper. God will use what's in your hand to help you to put into action what he's placed in your heart. Oftentimes what people don't realize is they'll say, you know, I I wanted to start a business. I like starting a business, but really my my heart is to help the kingdom of God. My heart is really to go to other countries and maybe help people. Well, you know what? Do what you have in your hand right now and God will bless that building, that, that business so you can do what's in your heart. Can I hear a good amen today? But I want to establish this point that God never leaves someone without something that they can use to increase your life. You have something. You have something in your hand. But here's number two. Although they received a different amount, they had the same responsibility and the same opportunity. Now, they had different amounts, different bags of gold, one, three, and five. But although they had different amounts, watch this. They all had the opportunity to double what they had. They all had the opportunity to double what they had. So God is an equal opportunity blesser. Come on, somebody. That's what he is. So listen, the servant with one pot, with one bag of gold, he could have doubled it and had two. But he didn't. He didn't do that. And here's why. Oftentimes, here's what we do. We look at our gold and we go, okay, I got one bag. Well, how come he's got three? Like little kids, you know, why, why did he get that? Why did he get five? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Comparing what your life to other people's life is always going to stop you from building. It's always going to stop you from investing. When we compare and we look at what other people have, guess what? We value what they have, and then we devalue what God has given us. And I want to tell you, God values what he's put in you. God values it, and I'm going to show you how much he values in a little bit. But oftentimes, right, We all have different talents, but we're looking at somebody else's and going, man, because I'm not like them, maybe my talent isn't 
I don't value it as much. L- let me just talk about it in a church context, right? Right? My gift. It's in the lights right now. We're online, right? So you think, oh, man, if I'm not in the worship team, these are all really visible. But do you know that some of you are so talented in the gift of hospitality that God can put his super on your natural in the way that you love people, the way that you encourage people, but because you think that you don't have a microphone, it doesn't count? But in God, it does. You know, sometimes, and we all do this. We all compare. I I do it too. Sometimes I'll hear a message from one of my favorite preachers, and my wife will do it. We're sitting there, and then after it, I I turn it off. I'm like, that's it. I quit. I I just quit, man. I'm I'm done. Drop the mic. I'm done. Because I feel like I'm comparing myself to them. You know, and for those of you that know my story, we moved here from El Paso, Texas, years ago to establish Passion Life Church. And uh, our church is about seven years old. We, uh, we, you know, we lost a whole year, about 14 months. We were closed. Our church was going through momentum. It was incredible. And I just want to tell you this. We're right now rebuilding everything in our church. But how many of you know God is a builder, and by the grace of God, we can build and be master builders? Can I hear a good amen? Can I hear a better amen? And we're going to determine that the enemy's not going to win. And we're, we're building. And this really, this mess, this series really helped me because I'm like, this is who we are. We are builders. And after being closed for 14 months, we said, we're going to open. We have to get out in faith and we got to start doing this because there's people who need God. And so we did it. But we moved here to establish Passion Life Church. And I was a youth pastor at a very large church. I think even now they, they do about 20,000 people on the, on the weekend. And I was a youth pastor there for 11 years. And when we felt in our heart to come to Passion Life and, and to establish it, we got blessed by our pastor. But I remember doing a couple youth conferences there, and we had the resources to bring in some of the top, I mean, the world's top communicators to these kids. And there would be a night, there's 500 kids. And I mean, I would bring in, we'd bring in everybody. Uh, and so what was amazing is that they would, they, would, they would preach, and these guys would preach to our youth. And I'm sitting there on the front row going, oh my gosh, that was the most incredible message that I have heard. I quit. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like me compared to them. And this is what's funny. And I think, I hope that you hear my heart when I talk about this. And, and those of you that know me will do that. You'll know that. But man, I was just like, I'm quitting. Man, why, why doesn't this guy come here and move here? Why doesn't he just pastor these kids? I, I, what am I doing here? And then that night after the conference, I had about seven kids walk up to me. And I said, hey, are you guys, I call them kids, but they were youth. I said, are you guys enjoying the conference? And, and uh, this was actually after the third night. Are you guys enjoying the conference? Do you like the conference? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I said, really, what's going on? And they said, hey, Phil, uh, we just wanted to ask you, like, when are you going to speak? I said, what? They said, when, when are you going to speak? I said, whoa, 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 hold on. I said, we brought in, I mean, these guys are like the top in the world. They travel doing youth conferences and speaking at arenas, and they're here. And they said, yeah, that's cool. And they're good. But we like listening to you. And I'm going to tell you something. I had to repent before God. I had to stop and say, God, I'm so sorry. Because here I am sitting on the front row devaluing myself and thinking, well, because I'm not like them, I can't be as effective. And God really spoke to me through that. And that happened a couple nights. Uh, the kids would come, hey, Phil, when are you? And I said, honestly, I didn't schedule myself to speak because we have all of them. But I had to really repent because God was showing me, you know what? He's given me a talent and I'm going to reach certain people that other people won't reach. And we can't devalue what God has placed in us because it's valuable. And God put it in your heart and in your life for a reason. Come on. You can give him a good round of applause. 
But listen, comparing will cause you to bury and not build. Let me say that again. Comparing yourself to what other people did. Listen, God didn't give me their talent. God gave me my talent. And comparing will always cause you to bury your talent instead of building with it. You know, the one talented servant, what he did is he exposed his fear and buried his talent. But here's what builders do. Builders bury their fear. Come on, somebody. And they expose their talent. Let me say that again. Here's what builders do. Builders... They bury their fear and they expose their talent. And some of us in this room are burying our talent and just exposing our fear. And I want to tell you something. You have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. God knew what would be going on in this moment and he put you here. And watch this. He put the talent that you would need not only to benefit your life, but to benefit those that are in need. We can't be burying our talent. Come on, we've got to expose it. My church family, the gold was never meant to be buried in the ground, the gold God gave you was meant to, for you to build with. You don't bury gold in the ground. You use gold to build, to build. We can't compare. You remember David in the old Testament, he was going to go and fight Goliath. You remember? And Saul's like, Hey Dave, come here, come on. You know, you're 14, 15 years old here. Here's what I want you to do, David. I want you to try on my armor. My armor is incredible because remember Saul was, was a big guy and he had great armor and I love David because his heart, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try it on. And so he tries it on. And David says this, he says, you know what? This isn't tried. In other words, I don't use this to fight. You know what I use? Give me a couple of stones and give me a slingshot. And you know, the Bible says that one shot he hit Goliath right in the head. And they've done studies that that, this, that that stone probably went as fast as a bullet because David took the talent and the ability that he had and he used it in a way that God gave him to kill the giant. And can I just encourage you? We don't need to be putting on Saul's armor. Don't let anybody else try to put their armor on you and tell you that their talent is better. Listen, my church family, we're not going to be wearing Saul's armor because David refused to wear Saul's armor and he says, I will go in the name of the Lord. And he used what God put in his hand. What's in your hand? Come on, is this good? What's in your hand? Because you have something in your hand right now. Here's number three. You already have the ability to build. Now watch this. God always gives you according to what you can handle when it comes to ability. God doesn't give five bags of gold to a person who can't handle one bag of gold. What am I saying? What you do right now with what you have determines what comes next. What you do with what you have right now determines what comes next. Now watch this. The fact that he gave it to you means you have the ability to handle it. I put this in my notes. God didn't require more from them than the ability he already invested in them. Who I want to say that again. God didn't require more from them than the ability he already invested in them. So God always gives you assignments based on the ability that's already in you. Man, he's good. Man, he's good. He's so good. So I have the ability. Come on, say this. I'm talented. Now, you ready? Listen to this. And in your ability, in your ability is the ability to grow your ability. I want to say that again. In your ability is the ability to grow your ability. 
How do I know that? Because the guy who had five talents actually ended up with 11, not just 10. Because as he worked his gold, he was working his ability. As he worked his ability, he was gaining more ability. Can I hear a good amen today? And so I I find this a little bit fascinating because how does God look at the guy with three talents and says, you've been faithful with a few, I'll make you ruler over much. And then he looks at the guy with five talents and he says this, I have, you've been faithful with a few and I'll make you ruler over much. Okay. So what's a few is a few two or is a few five? I want to know. I'm confused. Few. Can I answer the question is whatever is in your hand. Whatever is in your hand right now, why is it few? You know, Pastor Phil, you just said that one pot, one bag of gold is a lot. It's few compared to what God wants to do with it. I'll try this side. It's few compared to what God wants to do with it because he says you've been faithful in few, which is five bags of gold. But you know what? You got another five because you took the ability that I gave you and you didn't bury it. You invested it. And so not only that, this lazy guy over here, I'm going to take his and give you another one. So few from five is fewer is a lot five, lot less than 11. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we have to look at what we have in our hands. And I want to say this again. I feel like God put this in my heart. God sees big in the little. God sees big right with what you have. And you may look at what you have and it doesn't see big, but it does if you will work it and be faithful over what God has given you right now. Can I hear a good amen? I feel like I'm preaching better than you're acting. Come on, somebody. But here's what we do, I think. We think that these abilities are ours, that we have come up with it, that there are abilities. And in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 17, it says this, you may say to yourselves, I have become wealthy by my own strength and by my own ability. Listen to verse 18, but remember the Lord, your God, because he is the one who gives you what the ability the ability to produce wealth in order to confirm his covenant. Watch this. Listen, this is powerful. This covenant that was promised by our ancestors. So my church family, we talked about God's plans for you or to prosper you. When you're walking in God's plans, you will prosper. But he says this, God's not going to give you wealth. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to give you an ability to produce wealth. So in other words, he's going to give you an ability and he'll put something in your hand. And what you do with that determines what your wealth will be. And just, I want to encourage you again, God's grace is already in that because he's already given you something to build with. So I put this in my notes so we can build because God has already built in me ability. Listen, I can invest. Listen to this because God has already invested in me. Anybody thankful that God's invested in them? Come on, that you are God's building. Come on. Here's number four. So we have to understand we are stewards not owners of his resources. So the talents he gave to the servants, remember, he said, the Bible says that he gave them of his own goods and he entrusted to them. So we have to understand everything that we have, all the good that we have comes from God. It comes from God. Why? Well, you know, Phil, you know, I, you know, you don't just understand. Like I, you know, I got this job, I went to college and I've got so many degrees, you know, it's just, yeah, but who gave you the ability? Who gave you the mind? 
who gave you the energy, the joy to be able to do that? Everything we have is from God. If you have money in your bank account today, God has given you the ability. Can I hear a good amen? And I see God's grace in that. And David said this in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14. He says, but who am I? And who are my people that we could give anything to you? Talking about to God. Everything we have has come from you. Watch this. And we give you only what you have given us. This is a heart of gratitude. Thank you for this one bag of gold. Thank you. Lord, if I've got one bag, thank you for that. If I've got two bags, thank you. You know, that's the opposite of living an entitled life. Well, you better give me. No, David says, everything I have, I'm so grateful because I know you've given me the ability to get it. The ability to get it. Now, I want to remind you today, this parable is about God's kingdom. And you and I, as children of God, are part of the kingdom of God. And he's telling us this is how the kingdom works. Now, let me just fast forward. This is the end game right here. I'm going to tell you, this is the goal. You want to know what the goal was for the master? The goal from the master was that these servants wouldn't live on a servant level, that they would live on the master's level. Watch this. What happens when you give your life to Jesus Christ? The Bible says that he puts his life. The word for life in the New Testament is Zoe. It means the God kind of life inside of you. God has built and invested his life. Now here's the question. What are you doing with it? He says, so he doesn't want you to live. Even the Bible says you are no longer servants, right? Or slaves. You are actually sons. You are friends. Now, why do we serve? We serve because it's an attribute of God, because our God, our master said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. So it's an attribute and a character of God. And you see this in people when people's hearts are truly turned towards God, they just begin to have generosity. They begin to serve. Why? Because it just bubbles out of you because that's what God, the end game for our life as Christians, my church family is for God to make you more like Jesus. Can I give you another thing? Isn't this interesting? This is what God says. My peace. I leave you. Come on. You didn't get peace from the dollar store. I know you like to, I like to go, I like to go there too. And I like to, I like to pick up stuff and go, how much is this? A dollar. Okay. How much is this? A dollar. How much is this? A dollar. You didn't get no dollar. Holy Spirit, he actually said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And that spirit will quicken your mortal body. You didn't get no less than. Why? Because the master wants you to live like he lives on his level with his peace, his joy. Come on, somebody. And watch this. Two of the servants entered into the joy, the happiness. That was the end game. That you walk and you experience the joy of life. The joy, the attributes that God has for himself. Now, the two servants, five gold and three gold. You know why they did something different? Because they valued the master. So because they valued the master, they valued what he gave them. Because they knew him. This one, this one talent, this one gold guy, if I can call him that, I don't get him. Your boss walks up to you and hands you a bag of gold. 
And you don't want to get to know that guy? You don't want to say, hey, can I buy you a coffee? I mean, you just put like, like what, what caused you to do this? I would want to get to know them. Hey, so what, what, what is this? What, what, right? This guy, that's why the Bible says he's lazy. He does nothing. All right, let me break it down. It's interesting to me how God has given us all life, the life that he came to give us. And some people will sit there and go, all right, so what? Is there a God? Is there a God? I don't know. Don't you want to know how you became alive? How do you, how, don't you want to know about joy and peace? My church family, because he didn't get to know the master, it caused him not to live the way the master wanted him to live. Man, that's powerful. But they met, you know, five talent, three talent, man, they valued what the master gave him because they valued the master. And here's what I noticed when I read this. They actually had the characteristics of the master in them. You know, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The Bible actually says, have the faith of God. And the actual translation there is you have the God kind of faith. So in them, right, in order to invest the five uh, bags of gold, in order to invest the three bags of gold, you got to let go. You got to let go. That takes faith to let go. Barry is keeping. Fear will always have you keep. Well, I'm just going to keep this. But you know what? They had faith in them. They had the faith of the master. They knew the master. They had his generosity. We're going to let this go. Man, we know how our, our masters function. And can I just tell you this, my church family, this is how the kingdom works. Remember Jesus, any person that came to Jesus, their life got better. Every person. Yeah. Not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees because they didn't want to. The rich young ruler didn't want to. Jesus says, I know your problem. You're, you're so loving your stuff and you don't even realize that I gave you the ability to get that stuff. And he was calling him to be a disciple. And the tragedy with the rich rulers, we never know his name. He was calling, Jesus was calling him to be a disciple. He could have written one of the books in the New Testament. But you know what? We'll never know because his life, he walked away. And he didn't realize that everything he had was from God. And Jesus was just saying, give me everything you have. I already gave it to you. And if I have the ability to give it to you, I have the ability to return it to you. And everything that Jesus, everything that was put in Jesus's hands always multiplied. Put five loaves and two fishes in his hands. Guess what? You get, you feed 5,000 people or 15,000 if you count men and children. Because that's what the kingdom of God is like. I like to say leadership is leaders always make things better. Jesus always made people's lives better. Can I hear a good amen? He always makes things better. And so when God puts it in your hand, here's what he wants. He wants you to make it better. He gives you that gold. He gives you that talent because you are talented. Now, they also knew that they, the master wanted them to build something significant. And so he told them, well done, good and faithful servant. Now I want you to see God's mentality when it comes to faithfulness. It's in this story. To God, faithfulness is not just maintaining. To God, faithfulness is increasing. I'm going to say that again. To God, faithfulness is not just maintaining, right? Talent one, the gold guy, one talent he maintained. God didn't see that as faithfulness. That's powerful. That's powerful. And so the faithfulness to God is not just maintaining. It's actually increasing. And he says, this is our goal. 
by church family. This is why he gave you what he gave you. So if you'll be faithful in it, God will make you ruler over much. And much has to be rulered, ruled. Now, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to close with this last point. Are you happy you came to church today? Sometimes people think that managing little is easy. And I want to submit to you today that sometimes managing little is a little tougher than having a lot. I'm going to tell you why. Can I use our church? Before COVID, man, people were coming to church. It was awesome. Getting up on Sunday, like, yes, going to church. Man, in this room, there was energy. And I'm going to tell you why. Some people ask, hey, why don't you just move to a smaller room? Hey, that is a possibility. But right now with people social distancing, I feel like it's pretty good that you can sit wherever the heck you want. Come on, somebody. And you can, you can say hi to your neighbor like, hey, you know, I'll text you. Well, whatever. So we could do that. But I'll tell you, it was easier to come to church for me. Can I be honest? When there's tons of people and hi, Pastor Phil, ah, it's good, ah, right? And then COVID hits, 14 months online, and then we show up, right? Our first service, we're going back. Gosh, 40% of our church has moved out of California. A couple, we just met with a couple, a couple weeks ago, out to Florida. Another couple, hey, we're moving, we're moving out of, uh, we're moving, uh, we're moving to South, uh, South California, so we're, we're out. And then all of a sudden, the crowd and the church starts to come to this small community. And I want to tell you, I was just like, man, it's tough. But you know what? I've never been here for the numbers. I've never been here for the pay. I've been here because God called me to be here. But I'm going to tell you, let's be honest, when boot, when business is booming, it's easy. Why? Because there's a momentum that's happening. Whew, sometimes you can just ride that momentum. Man, just ride that momentum. But when it comes to few and getting up in the morning going, okay, this is all that I got. But here's the great news. Are you listening? God sees what you do in the little and his purpose is that he wants to bring more to your life, but he can't waste it. So you got to be faithful over what you got. You're going to get mad at me for saying this, but I'm like, I talk to people like, we want another child. I'm like, really? Why don't you be faithful with that one you got? Right? Like, what do you have in your hand right now that you could use? And here's number five. So whether we bury or build with what God has given us, my church family is going to have eternal consequences. Because this, God values so much what he put in your hand, he's going to come back and settle the accounts. This is what the kingdom of God is like. So when you get to heaven, right? And some people are just going to be happy they're there. Like, oh, I made it. I made it. But after all the adoration of, oh, Jesus, I'm so glad. Jesus is going to say, all right, sit down. Now we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation. The Bible says that the master came back to settle the accounts. And my church family, there's a judgment for us, but it's all about rewards. It's all about us and this conversation where Jesus is going to say, I want you to sit down. And here's my questions. What did you do with the talents I gave you? Well, it's because my grandma, it's because my (laughs) mother-in-law. What did you do with the talents I gave you, watch this. What did you do with the life that I gave you? Because this life was my very 
Zoe type of life. I gave that to you. What did you do with the finances that I gave you the ability to create? Did you use it for the kingdom? It's like the millionaire who went to heaven and Peter was showing him to his mansion and the millionaire saw this mansion. He said, Oh, is that mine? Peter's like, no, no, that's your gardener's. And so he kept walking and Peter's like, Oh man, is that, that, Oh, that's gorgeous. Is that mine? He's like, no, that's the missionaries. And he took the millionaire over to this little like 1000 square foot apartment mansion. And Peter says, this is your mansion. And the millionaire said, what, why so small? And Peter said, we did the best with what you sent us. Come on, come on. Now, I want, I, want to, I want to show you something. The one talent guy never made it into heaven. And he could have. Everybody has the choice to know this incredible master. And my church family, I want to end here today. Listen, I want you to look at me. Jesus is coming back. And it's my job as the pastor to prepare you for this conversation. I love that song we sang today. If I'm not dead, God's not done. And there's a reason why you and I woke up today with more life. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because of his grace to use what he's put in your hand. And the greatest investment that you can make is into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I am building my house. I am building my church That will last. The gates of hell will not uh, prevail against it. And I want to leave you with this as we pray. All the servants, although they had different amounts, they all had the same opportunity. In my church family, we all have the same responsibility. And here's what your responsibility is. Your responsibility is to steward what God has placed in your hand. And two of the servants, two out of three, stepped into the joy. And I'm going to tell you, that's what it's all about. And some of us in here have been burying what God has placed in your hand. Some of us feel stuck in why we're not moving forward. And it's because we haven't let go. We're not investing. We're burying. And so two of the servants stepped in. And my church family, in the building and in the investing, their abilities grew. And watch this. He took the one who did nothing. And God could have wasted that, but he didn't. He says, I actually want to take it and I want to put it into the hands of my faithful people. There's a scripture that says, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the, for the just. But you know who he's going to give that wealth to? The people that are faithful with the wealth they have now. Now I'm going to tell you, If you freak out about the word money in church, let me just tell you, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven because money tries to be our God. We will put more trust in our money than we do in God. That's why tithing is so important because it won't let you get greedy. It'll remind you everything that we have is God's. And my church family, can I just, I had a, I had a guy one time when we first started the church uh, and he told me, Pastor Phil, man, if I get a million dollars, man, I'm going to buy this church a building. And I just thought, man, that's a great, great thought. But if you can't give 
10 cents out of every dollar, you're not going to give, what is it, $100,000 out of a million? If you can't do it now with the little, because remember, God sees big and little. If you can't do it right now, it's not going to happen when you step into more. And what God sees is what he placed in your hand and is valuable, my church family. It's valuable because he gave it to you. And he loves you. And I will say, it's the most joy to be able to use what God has given us for his kingdom and for his purposes today. Would you stand as we pray? Do you receive that this morning? Fear will cause you to bury. But I just want you to know in the kingdom of God, God doesn't operate in fear. We say, Pastor Phil, I've heard the fear of God. Well, Jesus describes the fear of God as the worship of God. That's what he told the devil when he was tempted. The fear of God is to admire, have admiration. But God's kingdom operates on a principle and truth of faith. You know, this is crazy for me. It was crazy for me for 14 months speaking into a camera, not even knowing who was listening. I don't even know. I went to my family reunion and I had my aunt who is in New Jersey come up to me and said, I, I watch you every Sunday. She says, man, I wish I could be, she's in New Jersey. I wish I could be sitting there. It's funny because you're here and there's people who aren't here who wish they could be. And she said, it ministers to me so much. All, all as I'm saying to you today is we've got to take that step of faith and don't care what anybody else thinks. Cause listen, we're here to serve people and love people. That's what I tell myself before I get up here. I don't know how good it's going to be today. I don't know. I'm going to do what God gave me. But here's what I get up here as a servant and saying, I'm just going to love people today. I'm just going to serve people today. Come on, somebody. And I'm doing up here. And if whether I'm sweating and, you know, my zipper's down or what, and it's not right now. But if it is, it doesn't matter. Listen, I'm just going to love people. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to serve you. I'm here to be a minister to you. And that takes the pressure off me. And here, listen, I'm going to use what God has put in my hand, whether it's humor, whatever that is. If you don't like it, that's cool. There's 50,000 other churches. <laughs> but you know what I found? People are showing up again. We're rebuilding again. Right? People's, li- we, we're, people's lives are being touched. People are being healed. I'm just trying to use what God has put in my hand. But my church family, could you imagine what we could do? We could kick the devil's rear end if you could get your gifts stirred up for the kingdom of God. And instead of complaining and burying our talents, here we are, the remnant. Come on, if you're watching online, you're the remnant that God is choosing to push his kingdom forward. Can I hear a good amen today? Let me pray for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father God, Thank you today for giving us talent, for investing in us your life, your peace, the ability, the ability to get wealth. Why do we need wealth? Because it costs, it costs to do the work of the ministry. It costs to have a church building. It costs to rent facilities and hire staff and get on different platforms it costs lord and you said if we're faithful in what we have you know what you'll give us more 
So help us. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you open up the eyes of the understanding of the people that are watching and right here in this room to see the value that you've placed in them. Father, I pray that we would not allow people and their gifts, their talent, we would not compare ourselves with them. Father, but we would look at you and say, thank you for what you gave me. Come on, if you just put your hand over your heart for just a moment, and would you just give God thanks and say, thank you, Lord, for your abilities. Thank you. Lord, for your strength. Thank you, Lord, for your courage that you placed in me. And Father, right now, as they have their hand over their hearts, I pray that the gifts would be stirred up in them in the name of Jesus. Lord, that by your grace, they would do things that they would not normally do by themselves. Lord, that they would build a life that you've called them to build, that we would enter into the joy that you have for us, Father God. I come against fear. The word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And fear comes to mess with our mind. And so I thank you that we have your power, your Holy Spirit on the inside of us, Lord. I thank you in the name of Jesus that we have love. Fear will stop us from loving each other. And so Father, right now we stir up these gifts. And Lord, I pray that your people will begin to see your kingdom as valuable. Begin to serve in your house. Begin to give in your house. Father, so we can have a great harvest. So when we stand before you, God, And you say, what have we done? We can say, God, we were faithful over what you've given us. Those are the words that we long to hear from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, I'm going to ask you if you can be here next week. This is a series And we're going to talk a little bit more about eternity. And I think it's important because this is a conversation that's going to happen in heaven. And I'm going to go dive deeper into this. If you can't, I'm just going to ask you watch online. Go to our Facebook page, Passion Life Church Marietta, and watch if you can't be there. Go to YouTube, Passion Life Church Marietta, and watch next week's message. I want to leave you with this. By the grace of God, you are going to be a master builder. A master builder. I know that some of us have had our lives ruined. I know that the storms, and we're going to talk about that next week, the storms come to all of us. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, but how you build determines if it will last. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.